Support for Veterans Corner on Veterans Corner Radio is made possible by M&M Printing and the Observer News of Ruskin. Hello and welcome to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts, information for and about veterans. Today, host Bill Hodges has a conversation with Walt Fricke, the air boss and founder of the Veterans Airlift Command. A few years ago, Walt Fricke saw a need for a private, not-for-profit organization that would fly combat-wounded veterans to appointments and treatment facilities. He has built an organization of thousands of pilots and their airplanes that now fulfill that mission. Even if you are not in need of transportation, continue listening because the stories he shares will warm your heart. Here now is Bill Hodges with Veterans Corner Radio on Veterans Corner Radio Podcast. Welcome to Veterans Corner, a show dedicated to providing information to all those who have served our country's military and to their families. Now, here is your host, newspaper columnist, management trainer, and Air Force veteran, Bill Hodges. Hi, I am Bill Hodges, and this is Veterans Corner Radio. I've got a great guest with me today. In fact, all my guests are great. We have some really fun times, but this fellow, he went ahead and started something that I think is wonderful. It's a fellow by the name of Walt Fricky. He's the air boss and founder of Veterans Airlift Command. And, you know, that describes a lot of things. So let's ask Walt to explain to us exactly what Veterans Air- Airlift Command is. Walt, welcome to the show. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you, sir. Uh, Veterans Airlift Command is a nonprofit organization uh, created to provide free private air transportation for combat wounded veterans for medical or other compassionate purposes uh, through a a national network of uh, volunteer aircraft owners and pilots. Now, when you say combat wounded, are we talking only like I'm 100 percent, but I got I got wounded on the ramp or actually on a B-52 flying around and got out of my seat when I shouldn't in a thunderstorm and wiped out some things so it gives me a hundred percent but i'm not in combat so are we only talking about those people who actually are combat related the the whole thing with combat related with the va gets a little confusing because sometimes you were in during a wartime so what is the criteria in your organization ours is uh because of the nature of our lift and the time that we started this it is originally a post 9-11 combat wounded, which meant a Purple Heart, essentially, because we had the hospitals full of guys, you know, back in 2006, 2007, 2008, when oh, we started yeah. this. So we limited the, the scope to uh, post 9-11 combat wounded, which meant a Purple Heart, essentially. But we recognized that uh, f- fairly soon on that a lot of guys didn't get Purple Hearts for uh, traumatic brain injuries or post-traumatic stress, that sort of thing. Uh, so we kind of opened the aperture up. And uh, more recently, we've actually, we, we've flown World War II vets, uh, Vietnam veterans, Korean War vets, uh, where it's difficult to travel commercially. And they're going for medical treatment 
you know, we we opened the aperture for that. But primarily, it's it's been uh, post 9/11 combat wounded. Uh, uh, sort of the next the next opening would be combat wounded from any any era. You know, uh, somebody that earned a Purple Heart in combat was injured that needs uh, transportation for medical or other compassionate purposes, and then beyond that, active duty military that need to travel for medical purposes that may not be combat related. And then beyond that, when we have resources available, uh, veterans of uh, pretty much any era that need to travel for medical purposes. So they're going for a, you know, MD Anderson for a, a, a cancer treatment, that sort of thing. So, but that is, it's all based on uh, our network of volunteers. We have about 25, 2,600 volunteer aircraft owners wow. around the country that fly for us. And it, it sort of depends on the availability of volunteers uh, for the leg that we actually try to fill. So the trip that we try to fill, we put a, an email out to our volunteers and, and uh, you know, we can't guarantee travel, but uh, we do our very best to find somebody that'll that'll fill it. And, and, and of course, combat wounded is the most sort of the highest level of, of interest for people that are volunteers. That's what we, our volunteers signed up basically to fly post 9-11 combat wounded. No, we've expanded the the aperture, but uh, we don't always get uh, everything covered uh, beyond that. So when in doubt, one should ask, right? Exactly. Correct. Now, if they need to ask, and we'll give this several times, but how does one get in touch with you, Walt, or, or get in touch with Veterans Airlift Command? Uh, primarily through our website. Uh, we have a duty officer on uh, all the time, so they'll always get a response within within an hour, whether it's a weekend or, or whatever. But our website is veteransairlift.org. That's veteransairlift.org. You can also just Google Veterans Airlift Command and find us there. There's plenty of resources online that you can see what we do and that sort of thing. The travel requests, we're, we're, I, say, I like to say we're high on compassion, low on red tape. So we don't require, typically if you're combat wounded, especially post 9-11 combat wounded, we, we've been able to vet everybody just with our own resources uh, very quickly. So we don't require any paperwork, for instance. You go to our website, veteransairlift.org, and there's a travel request button. And you just go in and you put your name and your phone number and email address, where you want to go and why. And it's, uh, you know, the remarks section is wide open. If we have any questions, we'll call and ask. But, you know, tell us the story, what you need. And uh, we put the request then into an email format that we send out to our volunteers and say, here's the story. Uh, here's where they need to go, when and how many passengers and what the weights are and that sort of thing. And uh, uh, we look for our volunteers to somebody will pop up and say, I'll do that. You know, it, we come together. Sometimes it's interesting how I get my guests and a person like yourself. I might not have found very easily, but Lieutenant General Atkins, the president of MOAA, Military Officers Association of America, we were talking the other night. And he said, do you know this, Walt Fricky?" And I said, no, I don't. He said, let me tell you the story. And he was very high on what you do. And evidently, Moa just gave you an award not too long ago. Uh, yeah, at our, our uh, annual event, he came to our annual event last week up by Atlanta. And uh, they presented us with their Distinguished Service Award, which was quite an honor. How do pilots and planes become part of your organization? Actually, how did you get started gathering these people together? Are you a corporate pilot also? 
No, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a pilot, but uh, I retired in uh, 2006 from uh, General Motors and I had an airplane. Uh, let me just flash back for a second to 1968 when I was wounded in Vietnam, spent six months in a hospital a long way from home. And uh, I remember that uh, very vividly because it took quite a while for my uh, parents and fiance, now my wife of 53 years, to come and visit me in, in uh, 700 miles away from home, uh, about six weeks. And it was kind of a traumatic thing for a young guy, you know, to be alone in a hospital. Oh, yeah. And uh, so when I, when I retired, I thought, well, I, I've got an airplane. I could solve that problem for somebody. So I was I went to the VA and I was just going to use my airplane to fly families in that needed to come see their because they had a polytrauma center in, in Minneapolis where I retired from and at the VA. And I was just going to fly uh, guys home on convalescent leave or their family. Well, a friend of mine got with me and said, you know, this is too good of an idea for you to keep to yourself. Uh, you know, to just fly your airplane. He said, you need to stand up a national organization. And I, I kind of took his counsel and said, yeah, you're right. I, I, that would be selfish of me to just do this by myself. So I started, uh, I, I, you know, sort of invested, uh, capitalized the thing and built a website and so forth. I didn't have any volunteers yet, but I, I was going to go for it. I, I figured I'd put enough money in to run come. it. Exactly. I, I thought it was a good idea, but I had no idea what, uh, you know, how good it was. And and uh, so I, I funded the thing out of my pocket, hired some staff and built a website. And then the DOD knew of me because of my work with General Motors and knew that I, what I was doing. They called me one day right after we got by November of 2006. We sort of stood up the website, but I hadn't recruited one pilot yet. I was just getting ready to try to figure out how to do this. And they called me and said, we've got a young Marine from uh, Melbourne, Florida, that just flew up to Camp Lejeune to get his combat badge and his Purple Heart. And he's in a wheelchair and on crutches, and he's banged up pretty good. And it took they get somebody to give him a frequent flyer ticket. And he went from Melbourne to Atlanta to Birmingham to Charlotte oh, to Jacksonville uh, to Camp Lejeune. And... Uh, and and was exhausted. Thirteen hours uh, of transit to get there, and he was exhausted. And they said, "We told them that you had started this organization." And and uh, his father had called and said, "You guys guys have to figure out a better way to do this." And he was at Camp Lejeune for the weekend for this uh, ceremony, which he was almost too exhausted to attend. And they said, "Is can you help get him home?" Well, it was Friday, and he was going home on Sunday. I had no volunteers yet. So I sent an email to eight guys that I knew in Florida and Georgia, uh, Florida and Georgia, and and uh, that had airplanes. And I told them what I was starting. And here's the story. Here, this young Marine, I just this story I just relayed. Uh, we need to get him home on Sunday. Can anybody help? Five of the eight responded. I'll do it. There was almost a fight wow. over overdoing it. And the one that actually we assigned it to was the very first one to sign up had a problem the night before the mission. He went out to check his airplane out, found a bad alternator on the airplane, and he called me in a panic, said, I can't, I don't think I can fly tomorrow. Nobody to fix the airplane. I said, don't worry. Uh, I have five other guys in line or four other guys in line. And I called the second one, and he he took the trip, retired Navy, Navy, naval aviator, went up, got him, flew him home in two and a half hours. The kid had a nice ride home and, you know, slept all the way. Well, I knew when I, when that happened that, uh, I had this was an idea that would stick. Uh, in other words, there this people want to do this. People have a visceral response to our mission. Well, I, I was amazed, and I, I just thought it was one. But I don't have an airplane. How do people volunteer to help you with this? 
Uh, veteransairlift.org, again, is our website. And if you own an airplane, a high-performance airplane, and want to want to participate, you just go on our website, uh, veteransairlift.org, and register your airplane. And you'll be in the chain then of the emails that go out. We require high-performance aircraft and instrument flight plans and that sort of thing. So, you know, it's sort of semi-professional flying. It's not a, it's not a Sunday afternoon joyride. And, uh, you know, these are trips of 500 miles or more, sometimes uh, quite often more than that. We like corporate, we like jets and corporate jets and uh, uh, turboprops and twin-engine airplanes primarily fly most of the missions. So uh, you just go, you know, go online and register your airplane and there's no obligation for anything except if you see a mission and an email that you want to do to respond. If you don't want to do it, you just delete it. You don't, we don't put pressure on anybody. Uh, a lot of our volunteers ask us, please put pressure on us. If you, <laughs> if, if you don't get a mission filled, pick up the phone and call us because we'll go do it. I've got, I've got guys in Ohio that'll take their airplane and fly down to Tennessee to pick somebody up to take them to Kansas and then fly home deadhead back to Ohio. I mean, it's the, these people love doing this because they, I think they get more out of it than the passengers sometimes. We had our event last week and a guy showed up with his private jet, a Phenom 300, got out of the airplane. He's been flying for us for three years. I've never met him. Got out of his airplane, came over to me with tears in his eyes and said, you have changed my life. And, and so they, and that's a common response from the pilots that fly for us. It gives them an opportunity to participate, to write a thank you note with their airplane, uh, and to look eyeball to eyeball with the guy that went and gave up maybe his functionality for the rest of his life in defense of our freedom so you can fly your private airplane. You know, are, are most of these private aircraft or are they corporate airplanes? You know, privately owned, generally speaking, we love corporate uh, partners. Uh, we, we've got a number of them. In fact, uh, USAA was one of our earlier participants, and they flew with, they had a, I don't know if they even have a corporate jet anymore, but they had one that they used extensively, and they flew quite a bit for us. So we, we, you know, we have uh, large corporate sponsors and people that fly for us, Signature Aviation. So we, we'll take them across the board. Now, the flights are typically committed flights. So they aren't empty seats on an airplane going that way. Right. Uh, that, that we have to get the guy to Tampa to get him on this flight that's going Tuesday morning and he needed to go on Wednesday. No, we, we they're typically dedicated flights for the purpose of. Now let's just go over very quickly, Veterans Airlift Command and it's veteransairlift.org? Correct, veteransairlift.org. And I should say, you know, we've flown over 20,000 passengers today, just so you get a size, a sense of the scope of this thing. We've got about a minute, Walt. Is there any last thing that you'd like to share with our audience? I think I told you one story, but I'll tell you a quick one. We had a, a command sergeant major special forces out of Fort Bragg, who was at Walter Reed, coming home to Minnesota to go fishing with his dad, double amputee, he had uh, flown commercially one other time. And I was helping him get into a King Air, and I was concerned whether or not we were doing the right thing because he was in front of me going up the steps with the two new prosthetics, struggling to get up the steps. He sat on the on the floor, and I was right behind him on the steps, looked him in the eyes and said, this is a Special Forces Delta Force operator. I said, oh, I, I wondered if we were doing the right thing. I said, tell me if... Uh, what this compels this compared to flying on a commercial airline because I'm thinking they could load him in a seat down this aisle and he he looked at me and he got tears in his eyes and he said this is a billion times better he said I know you love me 
I know you care about me. I know these pilots. I'm I'm a, I'm gonna be know them by the time we get home. You're giving me chills. Yeah, it was. It was. I said, "You." He had tears in his eyes. I was choked up because then I knew that we we were doing the right thing. My guest today is Walt Fricky, Air Boss, founder, Veterans Airlift Command, and a great guy and somebody that's dedicating his life to making the lives of those who gave us our freedom a little bit better. Thank you, Walt, for being on the show. We appreciate it, and I'd love to have you come back in maybe a year. Tell us how you're doing. Okay, great. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bill Hodges. This is Veterans Corner Radio. You're unique, you're special, and you're great. Tell yourself so often because you are, you know. And we'll catch you again on Veterans Corner Radio. You've been listening to Veterans Corner with your host, Air Force veteran Bill Hodges. The views expressed on this program are those of Bill and his guests and are opinions based on the best available information. In matters of law or governmental regulation, it will always be best to check with the appropriate agency. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us for the next Veterans Corner. Before we go, here's a quick final thought. Why not take a minute to follow or mark Veterans Corner radio podcasts as a favorite? It's easy, and you'll be among the first to be notified when new episodes of the podcast are released. And thanks for listening to Veterans Corner Radio Podcasts.